0: welcome to sequelitis welcome to sequelitis and we are doing a remote episode today i am in beautiful los angeles and manny where are you at right now i'm in surprisingly beautiful dallas texas uh storms oh, blew through I can't be last right. night what's that i can't be right that can't be right beautiful dallas i've been to dallas uh, no, no, it's it's
1: very, well actually to be more specific, I'm in Collin County, I'm in Plano, Texas But uh, it's bright and sunny outside, the temperature feels great um, Yes Nasty storms last <laughs> night, but uh, that led to a beautiful
0: uh, Wednesday So here we are That's great, um, so we want to talk about the brand new movie, the Power Rangers Go, go Power Rangers
1: Woohoo <laughs> <coughs> As, as I posted last night on our Twitter as I was walking in, uh, at Sequelitis, I put, It's Sequelitis in
0: time. <laughs> well, I want to do the spoilers right off the bat. The uh, Black Ranger does like country music. So, spoiler. <laughs> and
1: that's that's like a thing to where, like, they're supposed to be revealing things about themselves, and he stands up and he's
0: like, I like country music! And it's like, oh, it's funny because he's a black guy and he likes country music. Yeah, so they they made Billy... Is like the nerd character, like he's the Blue Ranger, and I thought he was kind of the probably the best actor in the whole bunch, probably the best character in the whole bunch. What did you think about? Oh Billy? yeah, by far. Yeah,
1: and I'm trying to think of like where else I've I, I I know I've seen him in something else. I just couldn't think of where I've seen him from. Uh, yeah. The rest of these actors are are pretty garbage. Although the the kid that played Zach, um, he actually he he did a really good job of like I, I think he played that role pretty pretty well um considering yeah. like what what it was uh even though his character got pretty annoying after a while he kind of just said like the same like five things over and over
0: you know he was like dad <laughs> you don't understand like, me
1: he's like, he's like i'm crazy <laughs> and then he'd always be like what's up crazy girl like always trying to holler at this girl trini and it's like bro when are you gonna get the message like she's not into you she's not into dudes at all like Come on! Yeah,
0: and they they had a weird concept for his arc. It was supposed to be like he makes terrible decisions, so he's going to be a great leader for the Power Rangers. Like it didn't. No, I'm really talking about Zach. Sense. I'm not talking about Jason. Oh, Zach. Sorry. Yeah. No, I didn't understand Zach at all. I I I really didn't pay attention to him at all. Was he an interesting character? He was supposed to be like the 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 wild, like fearless, reckless one. But
1: still, it was just it was like yeah. But at a certain point, they're all like pretty reckless and pretty fearless <laughs> like you know they they, they, were, they were trying to like here's the here's the main issue with the movie is they're trying to show that that each of these characters had their own individual like traits and characteristics and stuff but but really it's like for the most part all of them were either you know some level of annoying or just outright awful with the exception of billy and even with billy it was kind of like he was autistic but he wasn't really autistic he was movie autistic
0: yeah, Man, can I so. can I say that the, his, his autism really um, was making me laugh because I was like the way they describe Billy as autistic makes me sound autistic. You know, like first of all, he makes some sort of bad joke and then the kid doesn't laugh and he goes, that's part of my condition. I don't understand jokes. And then he's like, but I can remember things really well. It's like, no, the dude told a bad joke, that's why he didn't laugh, and I can remember things really well. I don't laugh at everybody's jokes. I don't do it because I don't get it, but I get it to teach them a lesson. Like, don't make terrible jokes at me. You know, People try to make bad jokes at me, and I don't laugh. If somebody makes a good joke, I will laugh. That's how I reward a joke. So if you see me never yeah, laughing, I mean, it's because you're not funny.
1: For the exact same reasons, I'm sure there's a, there's a lot of people that think I'm autistic. Uh, just because I've had plenty of times where people make a shitty joke and then I just stand there and I look at them and they don't laugh and they're just like, oh, I, I, I was joking. And I'll just be like, yeah, I know. And then <laughs> they'll get really upset and like, I'll just, like I feel like I should be like, your joke wasn't funny, that's why I didn't laugh. But I'm just like, that, that to me is expending too much of my own energy.
0: It's like just right. try to be funnier or just realize like, okay, your joke wasn't funny, I didn't laugh and move on. Yeah, it's like I'm still willing to hang out with you and hear more of your quote-unquote jokes as the day moves forward. Maybe try another one. Maybe make a funny one. (laughs) I'm not that patient at all. I'm just kind of like, please stop talking to me.
1: (laughs) If I make you uncomfortable enough, will you stop talking to me?
0: Well, people don't walk up and randomly make jokes to me, I have to admit. It's usually people that I'm with on some capacity. (laughs) yeah
1: well no i'll get stuff like people in elevators or you know oh uh, yeah you'll be you'll be standing in line at the airport or something i'm sure i'm not the only person that feels that way
0: and uh we can't all be autistic well i give a courtesy laugh to a person in the elevator they're like oh you brought the wrong shoes today huh and i'm like fuck you you know on the inside <laughs> i'm like fuck off you know what do you care about my shoes why are you talking to me I don't do that at all. In fact, I get I get like uh, kind of an unusual number of people that are
1: like they'll see me on my phone, and I I'm not even engaging them in conversation. They'll just be like, you know, what do people do before they had phones? And I said this to one guy in Milwaukee. I was just like, they probably read the newspaper, and I went right back to my phone. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure like that. News- that guy was like older, so I'm sure he didn't think like, "Oh, maybe he's autistic."
0: He's probably like, goddamn millennials, fucking ruining this country." <laughs> but it, but anyway, about Power Rangers. So they describe Billy as autistic, which I found uh, demeaning. And then the first, and then okay, all the Power Rangers. It's like it's like the Breakfast Club. They're all in detention together because yeah, all that was like the other thing. Kids. It starts
1: off the movie starts off like Varsity Blues, and then it turns into the Breakfast Club. And it just yeah. like keeps like jumping from different movies it 's like, what the fuck is going on
0: yeah and it 's like you, you can 't even judge it on its own merits because like it 's not doing anything it 's like they literally take a one scene from varsity Blues or two scenes from varsity Blues, a scene from Breakfast Club or two, and then they mash in like a train a train chase where they 're trying to outrun a train, and for the first time in the history of out Out running a train They actually get hit by the train They get nailed by the train
1: Yeah, which I thought was one of the best parts of the movie And that leads me to my prediction To what the rest of the movie was It was a Jacob's Ladder story They all died after (laughs) getting hit by the train And so the rest of it was just their dying fever dream As they're all bleeding out from massive internal injuries uh, After having their van slammed I mean, they literally got T-boned by a train if we only also, had
0: our magic stones, we could be okay.
1: <laughs> that also explains why after getting hit by a train, they all just wake up in bed, and there's no, like, the people that were chasing them, you know, uh, the the mind security, like, they don't, like, come upon them yeah. and, like, oh, my God, there's been a horrible accident. Uh, let's call the police in here. <laughs> and the police don't have them, like, in the hospital, like, handcuffed to their beds. They don't wake up in, like, hospital beds, like, handcuffed down, being like... You guys are lucky to even be alive after pulling the stunt that you did.
0: There's an opening sequence where uh, it shows the Brian Cranston as like a blue Gordon type of character and he and he exists in the age of dinosaurs and they don't they 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 put some words up on the screen about 65 million years ago and some words about the the life of the planet is in a rock or something but none of it really means anything. All that you get is Brian Cranston dying And he says, like, he buries these five rocks, and he's like, these must go to someone who is worthy. He gives some, like, powerful speech. And it's not some worthy people. It's just five assholes that are on a mountain one day when (laughs) it happens. When Billy is up there exploding the mountain. And when they try to make Billy explain, why are you exploding the mountain? He's like, my dad came up here. I exploded the mountain. Maybe I dug too deep. It doesn't make any sense. It's like, why are you blowing shit up in this mountain right now? And who are these five like random teenagers that are all like on the mountain? They're not five worthy people. They're just five assholes that are all trespassing on this mountain all at the same time.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That that was one of the things that right away when he says he's like he's like seek out five who are worthy, or or just five that are together at the same time when one of them finds these. Whatever comes first. (laughs) It's like it didn't seek out anything. It was trapped in like some kind of, um, you know, uh, it was trapped in some kind of amber just sitting there. So it's like, what if one of the, like what if the miners had just found them? You're going to have like go-go power rangers, like these middle-aged miners, like three or four of them have black lung or whatever. And then that's another thing, that's another thing about the, the town they live in, Angel Grove. It's like, how are they uh how are they a fishing town and at the same time they're in the middle of Colorado like it was so confusing because when they showed when they showed Jason's dad was out on a a, a fishing boat it's like wait he's is, is he fishing on the lake or is he actually in the ocean I'm so confused does he commute hundreds of
0: miles every day to go on this fishing boat where are they Well, because they need there to be a mountain because that's the best thing they could think of. And then they don't want this guy to be a cop or in the army, but they want him to have like a dangerous, life-threatening job. I guess they don't want him to be like an ice trucker or like a pawn shop guy who who puts his life in danger every day by uh, pawning gold or anything like that. Which Then it could have played into the actual plot. That would have been something. But anyway... um, they find this crazy reason to have him be on a boat. And I, I paid it such little attention. I was on my phone the whole movie. I was <laughs> playing games on my phone. I mean, the movie, it was so unentertaining. It, <laughs> it was like, only entertaining was, it, for me because I had somebody there that I could, I
1: could basically riff on the movie with as we were watching it. Because <laughs> um, there was just so many confusing moments and so many things that didn't make sense, like... Uh, here, here's one that you and I like uh, both both said that we loved, but uh, the fact that the movie yeah. starts off with they give you no introduction to the characters, but they let you know that like uh, you know these are these are guys that are pretty wild and crazy because their stunt is to take a cow and to put it in a locker room, <laughs> which were they in their own locker room? Like whose locker room were they in? Because um, it right. seemed like it was their own locker room, but whatever, it doesn't even matter. Uh, he runs out, ends up uh, wrecking his truck and, and causing like thousands of dollars in property damage. Running from the police, and then uh, it, it cuts to three weeks later, and he's sitting in there with his dad in like this dumb varsity blues s scene where the dad's like, "You know, I just don't understand you," and he's like, "Yeah, I guess you never will." And it's like. Dude, like, have some humility. Like, you fucking caused thousands of dollars in property damage. And seemingly, the thing that the dad is the most e- upset about is, like, I mean, what is this going to do for your playing career? <laughs> and, like, that's the number one thing you're upset about is, like, this guy might have ruined his, like, chances of getting in a D1 school.
0: Like, maybe that's why he's doing this shit. You're a shitty dad. And they, they just didn't sell the football angle well enough, either. They should have started off with a great football scene if they, were, if they had to go that direction.
1: Yeah, maybe something like that. Like that's the thing is like they so half-assed all of the, the, the char- character set up and really exploring their background, like they tried to make it seem yeah. like they did character development, but it wasn't. It was very half-assed.
0: You know, it, and it, was, it still would have been a copy of something else, but at least it would have been like a full attempt.: Yeah, if you're going to copy something.
1: But, but so yeah. he, goes, he goes from wrecking that, that vehicle and getting thrown into uh, breakfast club detention to, like, because he stands up for
0: uh, Billy. Five of you detainees will be the Power Rangers. <laughs> go, go, Power Rangers. But so uh, Billy sits there and he's
1: like, he's like, hey, he's like, you're the guy that wrecked your car and, like, destroyed, like, all of this public property, right? He's like, why don't you drive me around? and then he goes out and he wrecks that other car right away (laughs) like within a month he's wrecked two cars and caused thousands in property damage and meanwhile like Billy's like sitting there because at first you're like oh how did Billy end up in detention and then you see him like trespass on this mine and like blow open the mine (laughs) nearly killing himself he almost kills Trini too because he causes a collapse and it's just like yeah okay now I understand why these kids are in detention shit they all need to be in jail.
0: Yeah and and also uh, Jason has got house arrest so he has like an ankle beeper on. And so when um when Billy invites him to hang out he's like I can't I got a date with the Los Angeles Sheriff's department which is actually a pretty funny joke. And but then Billy tells him okay what I want you to do is come over to my house before your curfew. And I'll, like, you know, hack the thing or whatever. I'll, I'll somehow magically, <laughs> I know how to mess with this stuff. And so Jason, like a total asshole, waits until three minutes before the deadline. <laughs> he, he comes over on a bicycle. So there's no way he can get back. And he's like, there's only three minutes. He's like, quick, get on the bed. And I just wanted to be like, quick, take off your pants. <laughs> <laughs>
1: quick, what? Jason, there's no time. Take off your pants take over fans right now. <laughs> oh, what am I going to just do it.
0: <laughs> it's very homoerotic though. Let's let's to say the Oh least. my
1: god, there was so much latent homosexuality in this movie. Um and and oddly mostly from the female characters. Um like there is like this like underlying uh love love story going on between trini and, and kimberly i don't know if you picked up on that at all <laughs> no and, i missed that one how did that go oh yeah no there was a lot of like like there were like so many moments to where it's just like their, their faces were like super close and they're like staring like deeply into each other's eyes and i was like it was like do it do it kiss <laughs> kiss But then I was totally thrown off In the scene Where uh, Trini wakes up in bed And Rita is basically Dripping onto her face And then is like like,
0: (laughs) Almost raping her And I was like What is going on? And it was like But it it was hilarious, too, because it was, like, straight from some other movie, like, which it was taken directly from some specific movie, too. It it was...
1: Yeah, what? It was, uh, like... I'm not sure which movie, Was that Lost Boys that it was trying to ape right there?
0: No, like, the it's a newer horror movie, like, something like The Ring or, like, The Grudge or something like that. One of those kind of movies. It, like, it was a scene just like The Grudge, I want to say. The way they shot that. But
1: then that led into, like, one of the other things that I really notice about this movie. Like, all of the things that happen in this movie are due directly... They're, they're a direct result of how neglectful these fucking parents are in this community. Because first of, <laughs> of all, like, like you would think that if your son goes out and, like, yeah, maybe maybe he snuck out of the house, whatever. The parents didn't notice that he left when Jason first, you know, gets in that initial car accident... But then for him to be under house arrest and to just slip out and nobody ever notices. And then not only that, he wrecks another car and almost kills himself and four other teenagers in the process. Like,
0: Yeah. And then the next day, there and the, there's two wrecks when there really should have been one. I think there was one wreck and then they realized, like, hey, there's no way this is going to make sense that... These five kids in detention all getting a wreck like in the first 10 seconds. So I think they stretched into two wrecks and then they didn't realize what a wreck that that was to do to their plot. But so they wake up after the second wreck and they're all like, I don't know how I got home last night. I'm super strong. And then they rip off the movie Spider-Man and they each have a Spider-Man scene where all of a sudden they're super ripped but they they don't even have the decency to actually get ripped. Like they put digital rip on on at least one of the guys, if not both of the guys. Yeah, no,
1: I think I think they and
0: they added like weird looking digital
1: muscles to Jason. I think.
0: Yeah, and it was like, wow, you guys have really lost your minds around here. It's like you're you're copying things endlessly, and now you're even compounding the the um, body dysmorphia issue we have in this country (laughs) well yeah because you're
1: just a regular person but you know when you Uh. become a superhero you look like a fucking magazine cover model but still it's like why didn't jason's parents like like are they not checking to make sure he's in his room at seven o'clock each fucking night knowing that like if he's not he will go to jail so like and, and then right. there's one part in the movie where they're all <laughs> out the entire night. Like, it shows that they're out when they go and have their fight with Rita. And then it's morning time when they're carrying his body. And, like, I see them, like, carrying his body up to the cliff. And I was like, oh, my God. If they just throw his body off the cliff, that would be the best fucking thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> but but they don't they, they end up like they jump in the water with them or something but still it was it was funny for the first like couple of seconds where it shows him at the edge of the cliff holding him up and i was like do it throw him throw him
0: <laughs> and then the way that they gave gordon this like meaty acting part because it was played by brian cranston oh my god it was like everything was so heavy coming from him it was like if you rangers don't unite you're not rangers You must lead them, Jason. Like, just all this, like, serious acting for Power Rangers. It was so strange. (laughs) Brian Cranston was sitting in a recording booth, holding
1: up a script, reading his lines. Like, he shot out in, like, less than three days, I'm sure. He had one day where he had to get in the prosthetics and makeup to, like, shoot, like, a a two-minute scene at the most, and then after that, you know, it's like, all right, just sit in this recording booth, and... You know, we'll, we'll we'll try and match up the. <laughs> what are those things called that you can like put on your face and create an impression in your face with those little like blunt needles? <laughs> it, that's essentially what it was. it was. Oh, the needles. He, he had a uh, wall that he got from fucking uh, sharper image. Uh, no, I don't know what the name of those little needles are, but. Um... And th- and that was a set piece that they were like super proud of because they they use that so many times throughout the movie and it was like like it's it's slightly better than what the original tv show had but it's not like i'm not like blown away and like that was the that was the thing about this movie is this movie is so like even even if it was competently like written and acted and directed uh and and edited together like it's still like so underwhelming it doesn't show you anything that you've never seen before (laughs) like there's there's no reason to watch this movie unless you want to just like you want to just, like, get drunk or high and watch dumb, thoughtless entertainment.
0: There was a few times when they did, like, nostalgic camera moves, like, especially during, like, the fight with the putties. And they started to win me a little bit when they were doing that stuff. Because even though I wasn't looking forward to the fight scenes, like, by the time we actually got to them, I was, like, I was so ready for a fight scene. Which I'm usually, I'm usually not that guy. But they spent the whole movie, like, not having fight scenes. It was it was a little bit counterintuitive, I, think, I guess they were trying to build up to like a big yeah. fight. Well, they, they but... spent
1: more than half of the movie trying to be a dark, gritty character study on these five teens that they don't bother to give you any reason to like them, any reason to want to know about their lives or like understand what their stories are. There's no reason to understand like why they were chosen, and I'm doing fucking massive air quotes with that, uh, chosen to be protectors <laughs> right. of all life on the planet Earth or whatever
0: like they but if they if they could have focused on just one character and making one person interesting that would have been enough and they they didn't even do that
1: there's only there's only like one character who's actually likable and like the only scenes to where you start to feel something for for Zack the Asian kid is when you see that his mom's sick but then it's just kind of like these fleeting glances of like you know his mom's sick and then he like kind of talks about it later on and it's so like it's just so, like, shoehorned in to where he's like, he's like, yeah, we should tell each other about ourselves. I'm really sad about my mom. And it's like, okay, bro, you just wanted some therapy session. And that's <laughs> the thing is, like, they didn't need to be Power Rangers. All these fucking kids needed to be in therapy, you know? Like, even the autistic kid. <laughs> the go-go therapy yeah. Rangers. Go-go power therapy. <laughs> Alpha, we need to get five teenagers with bad attitudes into therapy so they can lead productive lives.
0: I felt like the comic relief of uh, uh, Bill Hader as that robot, I felt like it was so far removed from comic relief. Like, it was so not funny. Did you feel that way, or did, were you laughing at that little robot?
1: There were, there were moments to where there were people that were laughing, um, and I, wasn't la- like, I was laughing at all the other parts that like, maybe people were gasping at. Um, or like Really felt like oh, oh This is a dangerous moment I gotta see what's gonna happen And like I was yeah. laughing Like the train part when, when the train hits the van I was laughing my ass off But there was basically Nothing that uh, Alpha 5 did and, and, <laughs> and Bill Hader's voice work And I, I don't think it's It's anything that Bill Hader did wrong It's just that It, it, it wasn't that funny to me um, And it was really confusing Cause it's like At times it's like Is this a movie for kids Is this a movie for adults Like there's some very, like, heavy stuff going on. At one point, they kill Billy. And that was another confusing point, too, because when they first discover their powers, <laughs> and they, ju- they, they dive hundreds of feet into this water, and, of course, you know, they're, they're super-powered, so that's why it doesn't hurt them and doesn't kill them. And then they're under the water for minutes, and at no point do they seem like they're panicked because they're holding their breath, they can't breathe, and then they pass in, and that's how they find Zordon's ship. But, um... But then I, I, I thought about it in that moment. I was like, okay, so they've established that they cannot drown, and then what do they do later in the movie? They kill Billy by drowning him, and I'm like, well, how? Why, why is it he can drown now but he couldn't drown before? And I don't, I don't even understand like Rita's motivation for not just killing all of them, especially if she can just instantly kill them with her staff, like. Kill all of them. Then you have nothing to stop you. Like, you dumb bitch. Like, the only reason you got stopped in the first place was because of a Power Ranger. Like, here you have all the Power Rangers. Somehow you magically know, like, who is which Power Ranger and who knows what and everything. It's like, just kill all of them. They're all there. Kill all of them. There's no reason to leave them around except, you know, oh, well, the script says that they have to come back and fight me later. So if I kill
0: them now, then. You know they they can't uh, they can't stop me. It's such a bizarre property to the Power Rangers. Like
1: I can I can explain some of the weirdness. Some of the weirdness stems from the fact that it was it was a Japanese series, and uh, they and I think this is pretty genius. Um, it's half assed, but it's it's half ass genius. Um, is that they figured out like hey we have this Japanese property we can sell it to the United States and sort of like how what they did with with stuff like Pokemon where they're just like. We'll dub over the voice actors in this animated show. Well, this is live action. And they're like, okay. Well, we have people in costumes fighting each other. We don't have to reshoot that stuff. All we have to do is reshoot the the scenes where they're out of costume. And we'll we'll just take Saved by the Bell as a template. And, and we'll cast actors for that. And then we'll just... It, it's kind of a fun thing to do to go back and watch the original series and look at the scenes where they're not in costume and try and guess like which scenes... You know, were, were stuff they shot in Japan and just threw into the American series.
0: Yeah, I know. Even watching it as a little kid, I
1: knew that. But that's why, like, because there's a lot of stuff to where, like, culturally, it doesn't exactly like match up. But they just kind of force everything together, sort of like how they force all the different Zords together to make uh,
0: the Megazord. And there's probably a lot of things that they're referencing that people in that culture understand and appreciate, and th- that I don't because I never knew about it. I never enjoyed it. Well, yeah, and also, like I said, as as a kid, like, I remember I was I
1: was a big fan of Voltron. Like, I thought Voltron was so badass. And part of the reason why I hated the Power Rangers series when it first came out in the early 90s was I had these fond memories of a kid of playing with my my, my Voltron figures um, and watching the show and just loving, like, how awesome that show was. And then seeing this and going, like, this is a blatant ripoff of it, you know, with just dashes of, of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles thrown in. And I didn't really watch uh, Saved by the Bell back then. But, you know, there was also that and it's DNA. And just seeing that and just going like, this is dumb. This is dumb as hell. But for a lot of people, it really appealed to them. And like, that's the whole thing. Like, like part of the, the whole genesis of, of our podcast that we do has to deal with the fact that the entertainment industry is always trying to tap back into uh, people's nostalgia Because they look at that as like, this already has a built-in fan base, so half the work is already done for us. But it's just like, with something like Power Rangers, even though I wasn't a fan of Power Rangers originally, like when I first saw the trailer for it, I was very disappointed. Because I was like, man, there is a lot to work with if you just sit there and say, like we're going to take the campiness of this original series, and kind of the bizarre mishmash of uh japanese um pop culture with american pop culture and we're really going to play that up in this movie and they didn't do that at all instead they were like we're going to take like bits and pieces of all these other movies and we're going to do this dark gritty like dc comics uh sort of thing with it like they do with man of steel um and we're going to take all that but we're going to make it real bright and colorful and we're going to make a lot of shit look like transformers and it just was, to me, a big piece of shit. Like, yeah. like, it best, is summed up by, there's certain shots when you're looking at Goldar, and Goldar looks like he's made out of just a bunch of sewage. Like, it's a big, walking piece of shit.
0: I think it's a perfect example of a screenwriting exercise where you could take any choice that they made in the movie and make a different one and see how the movie could have been better. It's like they make every <laughs> bad choice, one after another, after another, after another, in an endless cycle until the whole thing's over. Well, it's I mean, so there, there's bizarre. like really
1: bizarre stuff. Like you have characters that start, like you have so many, like, how did you know that? Did you read the script moments of, you know, when Billy is sitting there in, in uh, Zordon's ship and he starts explaining the life crystal just by looking at the the little... Uh, lava lamp uh, hologram that they have in the middle, I'm just like, how does he know that? It's like...
0: (laughs) This tells the history of the Power Rangers. There was a light in the middle of the Earth, and the light is, like, good, right? And you guys, like, fought for the light, right? You guys are protectors, right? Isn't that what you did? (laughs) Isn't that what this is about?
1: And now we're (laughs) going to take your place. It's like... (laughs) How does he know any of this? How does Rita know any of the shit that he does? How do people know who Rita is? Like,
0: what the fuck is going on? It was so confusing and so bizarre. And it's like, and the ends don't justify the means because I don't understand why I'm watching it. It's like, what is this ends that I'm waiting for that I'm suffering? Well, and here's 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 two other big mistakes that it makes
1: is, um, you know, one you've got to feel like there's there's some sort of consequences for your character, like you have to feel like your main characters are in some level of danger and that you know, something terrible might happen to them. And like for a second, they kind of showed that with, with Rita when she touched her staff to Zack, and it's like, oh, okay, like, she can actually hurt them. She can make something really terrible happen to them. But then she just kind of lets that go, and like instead of <laughs> killing Billy that way, she drowns him, which it's like, but you already established they can't drown, so this doesn't make any sense. Um, And then also, uh, they never bothered to make it make sense as to why Rita's evil, other than just saying, like, she wanted power. It's like, okay. Like, is is there something corrupting about having the power coins? Like, did she start off as a good person? I don't know who she is. I don't know what her goals are. I don't understand why she's just like, I've got to have the life crystal. Oh, they said that she was a Power
0: Ranger. No, I know she was a Power Power Ranger. Ranger. I
1: know it was her at the beginning of the film. But, like, she even says to to Zordon at the beginning. And I don't know if this is a a ruse or if she actually, like, meant this. If she actually, like, had a crush on Zordon and was jealous because he had a relationship with the Yellow Ranger. None of this makes any sense. But she's just like, look, you have all the power coins. Come with me and we can rule everything together. And he's just like, nah, fuck you, bitch. You know? And tries to, tries to blow both, like, suicide <laughs> bo- bomb both of them. But it's just like, why did she want to do what she wanted to do? W- you know, why did she turn on the Power Rangers? Why does she want to get the life crystal now? Does she know that the life crystal will kill everybody? Or does she think it'll do something else? Like, none of that makes any fucking sense. And this
0: movie does ma- does not make any effort to clarify any of this shit. Well, because they don't start with that as the premise. They start with the premise of we know that there needs to be a bad guy. We know that she needs to bring other creatures to life that are just going to be costumed people. And they don't put any time, effort, or thought into the reality of why that character might do those things. Like, yeah, that's just well, not and the other thing that they all, really
1: like, were they really disunder- uh, were, were they have a huge misunderstanding of what was charming and worked about the original property? Was the fact that, like, there was, for a lot of people, there was a charm to the uh, two guys in rubber suits fighting each other, standing over, you know, cardboard models of a city, you know? Yeah, there was, it was very endearing. And instead of that, like, you just get these big CGI Transformer-looking pieces of shit, and it's like, man, like, they they make it this whole big dramatic thing when they first, uh, you know, emerge from the pit, as uh, as the megazord, but I'm just like, man, at this point I know this is gonna happen. There's nothing about it that like really makes me feel excited or or feel good. Like, I don't fucking care yeah. about this.
0: And if it would have just been two dudes in rubber suits fighting at the very end, I would have stood up and applauded and cried out of the Yeah, like amazing. if you're gonna sit there and like know, make it a it.
1: point <laughs> to play the go go Power Rangers theme <laughs> and, and recreate that shot from the show of like all their Zords like running into action. It's like, if you're going to do that, dude, you need to have a guy, And like, you could very easily do a motion capture on a guy, you know, wearing a suit and, and, like, have that in the fight instead of just having this big CGI walking golden piece of shit.
0: And, like, add some pointless CGI to him to make it, like, yeah. to make it new-ish, new era-ish. But have it be, like, the real guy's well, I mean, motion you, you, and the real guy. And not only footage.
1: that, okay, another movie that they ape is uh, Pacific Rim. And, like, Pacific Rim did the big monster fight against the big, uh, you know, robot fighter. They did all that shit better. Like, you felt more weight. You felt more realism. Like, all the the damage and destruction, (laughs) like, felt more realistic.
0: Well, I didn't see that one. I didn't see that one, but I will comment on it. You know, I think that they took everything that people really liked about Power Rangers that could be savable in a new movie and, like, have already done it. Like, that yeah. was the Power Rangers. I mean, Rangers. again,
1: it's, it's, like, make something cheesy and campy. Like, really just, like, make... you You got to bring back members of the old cast. Like, there, there's so many of these people that are no, not only still alive, but they're still active. They're still out there, like, you know, they're, they're not, like, A-list actors or anything. But, you know, get them in the movie.
0: Well, they're all probably in the movie in cameos. Like I, I could have swore I saw Jason at the ve- or, no uh, Tommy on the very last shot, and they were probably all in there. They were probably all throughout the movie.
1: Yeah, but it's it's like have them like play like like don't just have them like standing in the background like like do something with them like you know you use them to make references back to the original series like give the fans of the show something and this this didn't do it at all. Um, and even with, like, as, as much as I like the fact that Elizabeth Banks, like, she went all for it as uh, Rita Repulsa. Like, she she could have very easily just, like, sleptwalked through this show. But she was, like, really playing up. Just like, she's like, oh, no, I'm a bad guy. Get you, Power Rangers. Like, she was doing all of that. And I was like, this is great. Like, right. this is the tone that this movie needed. <clears throat> it needed to have this... It needed to have this really cheesy shit. It needed to have Jason be like, hey guys, I'm the leader of the group and we have to do this and like have moments of self-doubt. And it it had that, but it did it in the wrong way. It did it in the man right. of steel way. And it's like, you don't need that. You need shit to be more like Deadpool. Like you don't have to go R rating on it, but like the way that Deadpool <laughs> like really played with its humor, like that was a movie that did it right. And if they would have had a little bit of that to this movie, it would have worked so much better. And instead it's just I mean, even if you like this movie, you're not going to remember it you know, by this time
0: next year. Like, you're going to totally forget about this movie. And take, take the movie and give all the fight scenes to a different company. And tell them, like, here's the <laughs> costumes that you can wear. Do the fight scenes without a story. And then, the, and then you go in and you write a story that fits into whatever those guys' fights they came up with and filmed. And however they filmed it, and you have to fit your footage into that, like that would have been more true to Power Rangers, and more of a fun watch well, and
1: again, like like you get through you get through the first two acts of the movie before they ever actually start to fight bad guys I mean they have that one fight against Rita, but like Rita like easily <laughs> kicks all their asses, and it's like I mean this isn't this isn't a movie about Power Rangers. This is a movie about five teenagers that can't die. And then, and then they just happen to turn into the
0: Power Rangers by the end of the movie. They're trying as hard as they can to kill themselves and everyone around them, but <laughs> instead they're rewarded yeah. with infinite this power. this is a story
1: about five
0: <laughs> teens that are destroying the town around them. <laughs> yeah, they're blowing up mountains, wrecking trains. <laughs>
1: Yeah, before Rita even raises Goldar and, like, starts to destroy the town. I mean, they've already wiped out tons of shit. Jason drove through the school, like, wiped out multiple vehicles, <laughs> got slammed by a train, like, destroys, like, heavy equipment at this mine yeah. that Billy also blew up. <laughs> and then and then when, like, Zach gets in the Zord for the first time, he busts out of a mountain, destroys a road, nearly kills a van full of nuns, and, like, nobody seems to notice. It's like there's no parents and there's no police in this whole fucking town. Like, there's zero consequences to the shit they do. Like, at the end, when, like, hundreds have been killed and millions of, of millions of dollars in property damage, basically this whole fucking small town has been wiped out. Like... All the people in town, like, I was laughing because I was watching them, and they're all just kind of, like, looking up at the Megazord, and I'm like, oh, God. They're like, are we next? Is the Megazord going to kill us? Like, is this a, like, they have no idea if it's a good guy or a bad guy. Like, like they're just kind of sitting there, and then they start applauding, and I'm like, what are you applauding for? Everything's gone. There's nothing left. Your entire town's been wiped out. Most of the people that you know and love are dead, Hundreds are dead around you. Like, what are you applauding for? That you're still alive? What, so you can die in a couple of weeks because shit is so bad? It was terrible.
0: I just thought of a funny scene. (laughs) What if there was a scene (laughs) where the putties uh, had, like, a fight at a hoverboard company, and then they all got on hoverboards and took off, and then the Power Rangers had to chase them, and there were putties on hoverboards. Then you sell Power Ranger hoverboards and you make them like the 2.0 version. Crossover, you're selling toys again. Maybe maybe you need to call them up and have that in the sequel. Because they're
1: they're probably gonna make a stupid fucking Did you stick around for the um, for the post-credit scene? Are you kidding me? I left (laughs) (laughs) I I actually stuck around for the post-credit scene. And, like, I didn't think there was going to be one. It's just I took so long, like, getting up out of my chair. I answered and then, my and then phone all of a sudden,
0: in the theater. <laughs> huh? I answered my phone in the theater. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How many other people were in the theater with you? Uh,
0: like, three. Like, I was walking out while I was doing it, but the movie was, like, over, you know.
1: No, they, they have – okay, so here's the post-credits scene. Is, uh, it shows them back in that detention – and they're doing their little like throwing a note around to each other again, which whatever. But uh, the the their teacher like sits down and he's like, uh, Tommy, and like you can see there's a jacket, and I think it's like a green jacket or something. So uh, <laughs> they're, they're showing that in the next movie they're gonna have Tommy, or at least they're they're teasing that. And yeah. then um, Eileen was with me, and she's like, she's like, why didn't they show Tommy? And I'm like. Because they haven't cast an actor yet because they don't know that they're going to make a sequel. Like, <laughs> you know, they're just trying to get like, people like, oh, there's going to be a sequel? Yeah, if enough dumbasses go to watch this, there's going to be a
0: sequel. And it's yeah, going to suck I, just as bad as this. That's why I was mad at you because you told me we we're going to go see this movie. And you acted like you had already seen it. And you were like, because we, we saw Beauty and the Beast also, which we're going to talk about next. But you had told me, I was like, oh, we can just talk about Beauty and the Beast. That'll take up a lot of time. He's like, no, got to see Power Rangers. So I went to see it, and I was like, okay, dude, I saw it, and I started making in-jokes with him. And he was like, oh, I haven't seen it. And I was like, you dickhead. You sent me to go see <laughs> Power Rangers, and you didn't watch it.
1: <laughs> I know, and I really wish I would have let you twist in the wind a little bit longer on that and just really be, like, fuming that, like, God damn it, I can't believe you tricked me into seeing this goddamn movie. The best is you're like, you're like... You dick, I could have seen a better I could have seen a good movie instead of this crap.
0: <laughs> yeah, cuz I was I was there and there was like other movies. I was like, "Oh, I'd see that, I'd see that." Like stuff I am not really dying to see, but that I, in that moment, instead of seeing Power Rangers, I'd rather see, you know, something else. <laughs> what are you going to see? Uh, Kong Skull Island? Yeah, that one crossed my mind. I was like, "Hey, that's another like stupid sequel that no one should watch. Maybe I could go watch that and then I I'd be able to talk about a third movie." You know, yeah. but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything about Kong. I haven't seen any of the reviews yet. So the the know. only people I've heard talk about it was was Double Toasted, and I didn't even finish watching the review on it.
1: But uh, no, I
0: didn't finish it either because I I just have no interest in that. I'll property. probably watch
1: it on an airplane, like I like I did with Godzilla 2014.
0: It seems like <laughs> it'll be a good airplane movie. Oh yeah, no, I couldn't bring myself to watch Godzilla 2014. I was like I'm I'm done with this property. Like I'm done with this. Like you guys suck at what you're doing right now. And it, yeah. you know, just saw saw no interest in it. This one, I it, it interested me back when it was a trailer for a short film that was free to watch that starred James Vanderbeek. Like that was a better positioning for it because it's only 3 minutes long. It has James Vanderbeek, which is funny. And then they did rip off Varsity Blues. Like clearly ripped it off. So I did think that that was maybe a Vanderbeekism. Like you know, we won't put you in the movie, but we'll put your most famous scene from the movie in the movie, so that everyone's talking about Varsity Blues. Maybe Varsity Blues will have like a spike in rentals because of so many people talking about it. I don't know. I don't know what there's if there's a plan or what it is, but that isn't that a coincidence that Vanderbeek was in the short film version and then they ripped off Varsity Blues. There's got to be something. There's got to be a connection. What do you think?
1: No, nah, I think that's overthinking it by way too much. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> and that's that's giving them credit that they actually thought about anything. They're 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 just looking like, okay, if we if we have this title and we have these actors in the movie, this is what we can expect our box office to be. And then that was kind of where the thought process stopped. They're just like, who's gonna write it? Get somebody. Who's gonna direct it? Um, I don't know. David Israelite, which I've never heard of the dude, but whatever. Um <laughs> do you feel like talking about Beauty and the Beast?
0: <laughs> yeah, we could. Uh, so, wait, let's give our final ratings on Power Rangers. I mean, what's the what's the final word from us here?
1: I mean, if you if you like the original series, maybe you'd like this movie. But uh, and, and, and as far as a movie goes, this movie sucks.
0: Yeah, and I, and I think we didn't really talk enough about how one thing they could have done that was pretty obvious is get the original actors and either do like a. Handing of the torch. And I'm not saying I like these ideas, but they're just more like, they're more classical. And since this clearly wasn't good, maybe something else could have been good. So I'm just theorizing well, here. Well, I mean, but... if, you, if you're going to show uh, a different
1: set of Power Rangers at the beginning of the movie and you're going to put alien prosthetics on them, it's like, well, why not just use the original cast members and put the alien prosthetics on it? I mean, I get that one of them you have to have as, as you know, uh, Zordon. Um, you know that has to be Brian Cranston, but it's like, I mean, from the original. I mean, there's so many different cast out there anyway because there's so many different iterations of the show. But if you're if you're trying to go for that original series, I mean, by having Billy and Jason and Zach and Trini and Kimberly, it's like get those right. actors. Like all of them still exist except for you know uh, Trang. You know, right. but but and, you can get the they're... other guys in there. You can get Jason in there, but they 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 didn't do that and that you was know, a huge or, opportunity that i think they missed.
0: Right. So that's that's the one obvious different choice they could have made. But like i say i don't know if that would have been better or worse. Like who knows, you know? It could have been even worse. No, but that would have been that would have been a nice nod to like people that actually watched
1: the original series and are familiar with it and like if if that's the audience you're trying to draw in anyway with this with with this movie like do that and they didn't do that and it's because they just kind of don't give a shit they're like we'll slap (laughs) the name on it we'll make sure that we have three actors in it that you've heard of and then we'll get a bunch of disney channel actors because that's what it felt like like everybody except for billy just felt like they were like disney channel alums like that was the level of acting in this and between that and between just the nonsensical storytelling um the 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 just the tone was all over the goddamn place um, well, well it, it's also, not a movie that's really worthy of, of your dollars. I mean, I'm glad I only paid five bucks to see this movie.
0: And from The Breakfast Club, who is the cast? Jason is What's Emilio that? Estevez. If you if this was Breakfast <laughs> Club, Jason would be Emilio Estevez, the jock. Uh, Ali Sheeney, like the goth girl, that would be Trini. Yeah. Um, Molly Ringwald would be Kimberly. Kimberly. And Zach would uh, be... B- oh, Billy would be... Was his name?
1: Yeah, Bill, Billy would be. Um, what is this? Anth- Anthony son? Michael Hall. Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, and then and then the redheaded bully. Like God, that was such a lame bit. And it's like <laughs> I kind of felt bad for that kid because I was like, yeah, he's a little piece of shit. But like, obviously, he's got like a shitty home life. Like he's such a fucking <laughs> asshole. That is like his his home life has to be miserable and now like the one place where he felt like he had like some level of power now he's getting the shit beat out of him there it's like this kid's gonna kill himself
0: oh and another thing
1: too okay when when they when they introduced kimberly at the beginning of the movie did you did you think for a second she was gonna she was gonna try to kill herself (laughs) would she bust out those scissors like, Eileen and I both looked at each other and, like, they're like, no way. They're not going to start this movie off with a suicide attempt of one of the main characters. <laughs> and instead,
0: like, we just looked and we're like, she's going to cut her fucking hair off. Well, because and what, what made that moment so bizarre was that she s- stabbed it into cinder block, which is not malleable. So it's like, you know, you can't put scissors through cinder block. Like, that's not going to work. That's stupid. Yeah. You know, like
1: that just. Well, like the other thing is too, is like this movie's such a dishonest piece of shit that, like, when she cuts her hair, it's like her hair should have looked like crap. Like she should have had this like that was such a weird
0: choice. That was when no, I no, like her hair, like shows. she
1: had like salon quality like hairstyle going, and it's like, oh come on, man. Like, yeah, she took the like, scissors. You, you've got no consequences for your characters, like right. nothing she can happen to She took the scissors
0: to from the note, stabbed in the wall, and then looked in the mirror. And was like, fine, I'll cut my hair. And then she came downstairs with this like sexy song, like I cut my hair today. I got a haircut. <laughs> but it's like you, you just <laughs> slashed your hair with some some regular ass scissors that you just pulled out of a wall that aren't sharp. You know, so yeah. that is so stupid. <laughs>
1: yeah, just just right. Like that was the moment right there where I saw that and I was just like, "Oh, this movie's a piece of shit." Yeah, like, I wasn't I, surprised, but it was still like, it was really disappointing.
0: All right, well, let me give let me give my final word on it then. Uh, I think it was definitely I had low expectations for it. Okay, here's my thing. I believe in expectations and mood when you go into a movie. What's your expectations? What's your mood? And I think it affects your, your viewing experience. So I try to list those things whenever I watch a movie. But I went into this with such low expectations. Like, I really expected nothing. I wanted nothing from this movie. I was legitimately... I walked out at one point to go to the bathroom, the part where Rita, I guess, harmed uh, Billy. I missed that scene. I was in the restroom. And, um, but I was able to pick up on what was happening, you know. But on the way back, I was thinking, man, I could just – I went over to Beauty and the Beast, and I went to see if Be Our Guest was on because I thought that was, like, the best song. That one really moved me in Beauty and the Beast, you know, Be Our Guest. I thought it was done well, and I was just going to go over there and see maybe Be Our Guest is on and go watch that for a few minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And I went over, and it was, like, the climax of Beauty and the Beast, so I was like, okay, and I'll go back to my movie, I guess. And (laughs) that's when I went to the back row and started playing on my phone. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I was I was really really hoping that
1: um, the movie would uh, would do something like like it would surprise me. Like I would put it on and watch it, and it would end up being you know like something to where it's like okay, here's all the cheesy campy action from the original show, and it wasn't that at all. It it tried to be like this this real dramatic like
0: young adult. The action kind of... was the best part. It seemed like they worked really hard on the action sequence, and they. Just rested on that, and they're like, okay, let's fill in an hour of a slow drama build-up to this. It was such a long build-up.
1: Yeah, it didn't have enough of that to really, like, make it worthwhile. Like, they, they just had a, a bit of that at the end, and they had a little bit during the, um, during the uh, fighting montage. And that's another thing. This is a movie that uses a montage, and it's like, at a certain point, you need to do away with the cliché of the montage. So, fuck this movie for that, and fuck it for everything else it did wrong.
0: But was it was somebody able to pitch this as Breakfast Club meets Varsity Blues and somebody else was like, "Yeah, cram those two movies together and people won't notice at all what you're doing." It's like those are two very recognizable titles with very similar plot pieces and characters. You know, you can connect some of the characters directly together. Yeah, but so it, it's, it it, it's only, very it only it
1: only had that stuff in there to pad out the movie because they didn't have enough of actual Power Rangers action. There wasn't enough of like actual Power Rangers storyline. So they had to sit there and, and like pad it out with with other movies, with Varsity Blues, with um with with uh Breakfast Club and then eventually at the end just make it into Pacific Rim.
0: Well there was one choice they made too, where they chose not to let them morph into Power Rangers right at first. Like they had a lot of hesitation, they couldn't they couldn't jump the gun on, on getting to morph into the Rangers. Do you remember that whole sequence? Yeah. And so that was sort of their moral, if you will, like whatever moral you can ascertain from that is, is your own, but that is the moral. Like you can't morph until you're all ready to morph. (laughs) I don't know what it means, (laughs) but it's something about something about impotence, I guess, you know, like not being able to perform or something like that. It's, it's,
1: yeah, they're just like, well, we can't blow our wad just yet, yeah, so we can't yeah, show them being, being Power Rangers. We so have to like wait. It's
0: this masturbatory idea. It's like you have to release, you know? You can't release until you all <laughs> release together, you know? But it's not
1: a smart enough movie to do that. It's not a smart enough movie to do that, it's especially with the subject matter. I'm done talking about this movie. Let's, let's move on.
0: <laughs> this movie sucks, was just you know. garbage. It sucked. I'm just trying to think if I, if I have one more rating to say. I would just say that uh, I didn't like it. It was better than I expected, and it was terrible. You know. I hope they don't make a bunch of sequels. I will not be seeing the sequels. I can't be tricked into it. I don't want to see these movies. No, thank you. <laughs> okay, next. Beauty and the Beast. We both saw Beauty and the Beast. Yes. I went in with an expectation thinking that the songs were going to feel like covers. Like, you, like it's going to be like, here's a nice cover of Be Our Guest. Here's a nice cover. And I thought they'd probably change the arrangements and the instrumentation of some of it. Like some, you know, some real, some real stuff like that, where they really try to do something really different with the material. They didn't make that choice at all, which is okay. Cause it did sound like the original songs and that did give me a very nostalgic feeling. So I did like that. Uh, but you know, the, the different choice they could have made there would be to do something different with the songs, which I know is risky to, you know, you, there's probably two camps of people thinking, should we do that? Should we not do that? So they made the songs very similar, but they made the whole movie a little bit uh, worse somehow for it. It's like the cartoon is just better. And the movie is great and good and great, I would say, but not as good as the cartoon. So what's the point? That's kind of my, <laughs> my beginning on it. What was your thoughts on it? Um, I just think that
1: the movie overall, like, it, it was already fighting an uphill battle. In that, uh, of all of the uh, Disney animated movies, especially from that era, the 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 '90s, basically, right. where Disney had just a string of hits, um, before before everything started to move towards CGI, um, right. they they made some great animated films, and Beauty and the Beast was probably the absolute best. So it was an uphill battle for them to say like, we're going to take the best animated movie we like quite possibly the greatest Disney animated movie ever made. Right. And we're going to do it as live action. And, um, you know, it's sort of, it's sort of the, the problem that the star Wars films are facing right now where it's like, you, you not only have, um, you know, the enemy of trying to, trying to kind of, uh, uh, one up something that's already so like remembered so fondly, so beloved, and, and just in its own right, so good, and mm-hmm. you're going to try and, and over, like, like maybe their, their aim was never to eclipse that, but at least yeah. to make something that could be held up, you know, in the same light, and it's like, you're not going to do that. You're not going to achieve it um, for a variety of factors, and once I actually sat down and watched it, I, I feel like the execution um, didn't even come close. Um, it's by no means a bad film, and especially like if you're someone that that loved the original. And like, here's here's the audience that it's perfect for: is like you know my my sister. Um, she was a little kid when that movie came out, and that was absolutely one of her favorite movies. Um, she loved it, and yeah. now she's got uh, her own daughter, and so they could go and watch this movie in the theaters together. A movie that she watched in the theaters when she was a little kid. And so it's perfect for people like that. But um, outside of that, like, if you're not a fan of the Disney animated classics, if you're not a fan of musicals, um, there's no reason to really watch this because it doesn't do anything that that's that is really all that great in its own. Um, right. There's there's a lot of issues with the uh, CGI beast character
0: where it just you don't feel oh, the yeah. weight of it. Um, yeah, they, the animation you know. on the beast guy, because in the original movie it was bringing a character to life with special effects, essentially a cartoon that you never could do with a movie. And this proved that even years later, you still can't do it. That's all it proved is that the reason why you made the cartoon and it was great is that reason, because you can do things with the beast in a cartoon that are either extremely difficult or impossible for you to do because you didn't do them here. So they must've been one of those two things. That's the only reason why the beast wasn't done right. Someone's incompetency. I mean it makes sense it makes sense for Disney to do it just
1: because it's like hey we already have this property it already has this built-in fan base we can expect to to you know get this you know this amount of money out of the box office um so let's let's go ahead and use this again and you know to to do it like that and to say like we're not going to like make a whole new story out of it we're going to follow the same beats as the original story we're just going to add an extra 30 minutes to it which i don't feel like any of the new things that they added to it really did that much. I know my sister when we we're talking about it, she said she liked the fact that they they showed um, you know, what happened to Belle's mother. But that was never a question that I ever had. I was like, Yeah, her mother's gone. Like that's
0: all I need to know. But Well, you know, I didn't like Belle's mother. But I did like the Belle's father knowing more about her. That I did find that meaningful. Um I don't know if Kevin Klein is the perfect actor to be her dad, though. I wasn't I wasn't very convinced. Like I don't know if he doesn't seem that much older than her, or he's just he, he doesn't have the same kind of accent that she has. Like he has sort of a funny British put-on accent that he can do, or he can do like because he's a, he's sort of a comedic actor, you know. And I, I think well, might it was have... really
1: hard to not hear him as the voice of Mr. Fishyoder from from Bob's Burgers. <laughs> yeah, and and he was playing yet another like very eccentric type character. And so like if I closed my eyes I was just picturing Mr. Fish odor standing there in his white Colonel Sanders uh suit <laughs> with his white eye patch on. It just I'm like Bell's dad is Mr. Fish odor? <laughs> <laughs> He's going to start talking to the beast about how he needs to pay his rent.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean
1: like I I like I like Dan Stevens a lot as an actor. I wasn't that impressed by um what is her name the the little girl from uh, Emma Watson yeah i wasn't i wasn't that impressed by anything that she did like her singing voice wasn't all that great and like i think that's one of those things to where it kind of sucks that hollywood is so they they're, they're so concerned about like we have to get we have to get a, an actor that has this much blo- box office clout
0: I liked her singing voice, and I liked. I thought Emma Watson brought the Bell character to life in a way that, in the cartoon, she was just sort of a a vehicle for the story. I thought in this she was a lot more of a realized character because of Emma Mm -hmm. Watson. So I did like Emma Watson. I did like Emma. I I, I didn't feel
1: the same way. I can see. I can see why you would feel that. I just didn't feel the same way yeah i didn't, i didn't, I didn't feel like she like added that much to the movie to really make that much of a difference. I feel like Dan Stevens did an adequate job of just you know uh playing pretty close to what the original voice actor did for uh the beast um I, I kind of liked the little dance number that they did at the beginning of the movie um and part of the reason why I liked that so much was just because it was something that like all of the acting was was done silently um you know, that was really well done. But outside of that, like, I'd have to say I, I wasn't that crazy about the Be Our Guest. I, I feel like I, I still like the original animated you're, version you're of that a monster. A lot
0: better. No, you're a monster because Be Our Guest was excellent. That was the best number in the movie. It brought me <laughs> to tears. I loved it. You are out of line and you have no heart because that was an amazing scene. I just want to say. that I don't know. For the like the, the
1: Gaston, the Gaston song, I thought was was a little bit better. Um, it still wasn't better than the original animated one, but it was still pretty good. Um, I mean, I like that they, they try to do a little bit more with the LeFou character, and it was like stuff like that. It's like if you did about six or seven more things like that, where you took you took something from the original, expanded on it a little bit more, added some fresh air to this, uh, you know, something more that didn't exist before. Like question, that would be
0: really good. Question like yay or nay like why not cast Jack Black as that one part where the guy was doing a Jack Black impersonation the whole time. Plus he's saying, like why not get Jack Black? That's that's something I'm wondering.
1: Cuz it's Josh Gad, and Josh Gad is uh is a little bit more relevant right now than Jack Black is.
0: Yeah, see, I'm not super familiar with Josh Gad. Like where where are people seeing him at? I'm I'm just not seeing um, him.
1: Well, I can tell you, like, uh, for sure, I know that he's in uh, that, that terrible Adam Sandler movie, Pixels. But he's, he's been oh. in a few other things. Yeah, um, no, I didn't see that. He was in, like, a neighborhood watch movie that I don't think anybody saw. Oh, but yeah. he's, he's been in some other stuff. Uh, oh, out, well, Josh, Gad, Josh Gad was the voice of uh, uh, the little snowman in Frozen.
0: Yeah, I loved Frozen. I loved him in Frozen. That was terrific. Yeah, so I that's did. why
1: he's in this.
0: Yeah, he's Disney family. But it just it seemed like Jack Black from would have made me more excited about the movie and I think I would have enjoyed his character but I spent the whole time asking myself about Jack Black and like that's a weird place to find yourself cuz I felt like Jack Black has never got to even come out and do his own like musical career that he has sort of been prepping for his whole life so like this is a perfect opportunity to launch him into like some musicals like that's what Jack Black Yeah, but I think I think musical.
1: Jack Black is a little bit too old to play that role and I don't think he's Again, I don't. I don't think for a Disney film, I don't feel like he really fits in. Um, you know, yeah. so I, I have no problem with Josh Gad, and like I said, I think, okay. I think uh, the LaFue characters one of the few things that they really did right in trying to add something new to the original, um, even even making it a point to be like, yeah, he's 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 closeted. You know, he doesn't do that good of a job of hiding it, but. Um, you know that that kind of plays up like how oblivious I, I didn't, uh, Gaston didn't is the, to the world around him. I
0: didn't catch that. What, like, what did they do to make it seem like he was gay? Because like I, that was controversy I heard about going into it. But from watching the movie, you never would have saw that. I didn't see it. I watched the movie carefully. Like, what, well, I mean, what, he what,
1: he would bet his eyes at Gaston, and like he would he would say things to where it's just like, oh, he's pining after Gaston. Um, he knows he can never have him, but that's why he's his. You know, his, his, he's so staunchly defending him as he's like, well, you know, my heart will always belong to him. And then they did the whole cross-dressing thing at the end, and then they made those two characters dance. And they really, like, I, I think it was one of those things where it's kind of like how Sony really played up the Ghostbusters, uh, you know, uh, controversy. In order to try and bump ticket sales, I think they did the same thing with this to where they're just like, oh, did you hear that some people are offended by this? You should really show your support by going and watching the movie.
0: And well, but also, I-, I, I, don't see how you can, I don't see how you can definitively say that because the, he could just be the most picked on guy in the whole place and he decides to make friends with the guy that's picking on him so that he doesn't get picked on anymore like he he might have been the bully's like greatest target or maybe the bully's No, it's most it's pretty target. clear.
1: It's pretty clear that's what they're going for with that character. It's they they make they, it they make it very no, overt I, it wasn't that that's clear what they're
0: going me. for. It was not clear to me. Yeah. Well, so I mean I, I thought that was a fake controversy. Like I don't I, I think he played it just like the cartoon. If the cartoon was gay then that's your opinion. Then No, the no, because in the cartoon
1: this. in the cartoon he's just a buffoon. Like he's He's like this this dumb guy that's just trying to latch on to uh Gaston's um you know uh the way the way that the town kind of like you know looks up to Gaston, like LeFou sees it as like, well if I'm Gaston's right hand man, then like I'm riding his coattails. Whereas in this, like they make it pretty clear at several points that he's he's with like like when he's giving that massage to Gaston, when he's singing the song, there's a couple of moments to where like he's like laying his head lovingly on his shoulder and stuff. Like he's in love no, with Gaston. Did... They make it very obvious, and that I like. I I enjoy no, stuff like that. He did play.
0: He did play it like you're, how you're saying he was in love with Gaston, but I still don't think that that necessarily means that he wants to be with him. But I get it. I think that that's an okay interpretation for me.
1: That's I think funny. I think if you go back and rewatch it, and you kind of like take it within that context, you'll be like, oh, okay, okay, I get it now. I yeah. get it. I, I think, so, I think you would. But I, I think so. that's also, I, I, I think part of the reason why I like that so much is because I feel like that's Disney like kind of poking a little fun at their own characters and, and, and in a way, poking fun at themselves, which I think is a very like intelligent thing for them to do. I think if they would have done more stuff like that, it would have made it even better. Like I think if they would have like really poked fun at the fact that Um, they're, they're punishing, like the punishment that they're giving the beast doesn't really kind of match up with the crime that he committed, which is a stranger walks into his home and he's just like, uh, you're trespassing, get out. And she's like, I need a place to stay for the night. And he's like, I don't know you leave. And so, like, yeah. her thing is like, oh, well, you didn't know that I was really a beautiful enchantress in disguise. And it's like, how the fuck is he supposed to know that? <laughs> <laughs> There's no way for him to know that. I feel like pretty much anybody would feel weird if a stranger just showed up in their home and was just like, hey, yeah. let me crash. And it's like, uh, no, leave. and it's like oh you think you're so beautiful i'm gonna turn you ugly to teach you a lesson and then it's like they also like turned everybody else in the house into it's a fucking like pots and pans and shit and they even like address that at one point they go like oh well don't you think it's don't you think it's bad that like you turned everybody else into that everybody else got turned into pots and pans because of him and they're like they're like no, we, we, we pretty much let him be the way that he was, so it's kind of our fault, too. And it's like, no, you're enablers. Like, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> like, you need to be pissed off at this guy. Because now, like, he's going to keep you like this forever because he refuses to do anything to fix the problem.
0: Yeah, the, the curse did seem extremely unfair. Like, this old hag shows up at your place. Imagine some old hag knocking on your door and be like, can I stay the night? you would be like, no, I don't know who you are and the fact that you don't have a place to live. Is concerning to me. What happened to the last place you lived? Do I want you to turn my place into whatever the last place you lived looked like? Yeah. And he and he's also like he's also like I'm in the middle of having a party. I'm having a party. I've got guests over, lady. And uh, I do have a lot to say about the way the movie started off because it they They brought to life the little uh, paper mache opening that they had created. That was one of the first movies that used that trope, I think. But now anytime you watch an animated movie, it starts off with a paper mache like opening to it. It's like it, it must be an in joke inside the industry where they're just like, "Oh, yeah, of course we do that, you know, ha 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 ha. yeah, but it's like that's becoming annoying.
1: Well, they did that with um Hellboy Two. They did that with, uh, what you call it, um, with, uh, no, with uh, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. And that was, like, by far the best part of that movie. When they did all the the papier-mâché zombie opening on it, I was like, yeah, like, this part I like, and then real quickly the rest of the movie just became garbage.
0: Yeah, because it's, it's like, it's entertaining and it's innovative and it's, like, artistic and it kind of feels like it's it's more innovative with what CGI is and can be instead of trying so hard to make something look real. That's never going to look real. Like, yeah, I think, I think they need to realize that CG does not look real to people because it's not real. Like that's what your whole brain does. It determines reality from unreality. When you look at
1: when you've got an actual actress like walking around with a CGI character, it's like you gotta, like you gotta find a way to do what Jurassic Park did Because there's a reason why Jurassic Park's effects, like, still stand up so well to this day. And that's because they they bothered to, like, throw some practical effects in there with CGI so that you could, like, it would trick your brain just enough to where you would buy into it. But to go back to Power Rangers, like, that's the whole thing is, like, when you're watching the ending sequence of that, it's just, like, it's all CGI. Like, there's no stakes. I don't feel like anybody's in danger because my brain doesn't believe any of this is real
0: right and like that's not even your fault at that point it's like you've just seen too many movies you know too much about it to where you're like no this and 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 the whole thing about what made star wars so great was that george lucas was pushing effects that were pushing that boundary like let me show you space for a second and a half let me show you second uh space for two seconds and and make it believable but if you held that shot for longer than those two seconds the curtains would fall off the background the engines would blow out like they don't they didn't shoot that much footage yeah, yeah it's well, like they're and, and, only... and to take it to the opposite, opposite
1: extreme, like if
0: you're going to sit there and do a CGI,
1: like if you're going to do CGI stuff, like you can make it feel realistic, because look at the movie The Incredibles, like that's one of my absolute favorite movies, and their whole big action set piece at the end of the movie—I mean, really all throughout the movie—like I do feel like these characters are in danger. I do feel like there's real consequences to stuff that's happening to them, because of how well it's done. Uh, as compared to other stuff, to where you sit there and like you see live actors, but then it's like all of a sudden it switches to a CGI character, and you're just like, I don't fucking care about any of this because none of it's real.
0: Yeah, you know, I remember seeing The Matrix Reloaded where they did that with Neo, the digital Neo, and it was like you know when you're seeing Keanu Reeves, and you know when it's a digital bad effect from a video game, and it it your brain checks you out. Yeah cuz you're trying to look at what you're trying to look at it and recognize okay what am i seeing and maybe it's cuz i have good eyesight too cuz i can see all the little details of the characters maybe some people are watching movies like just blurry enough where it's like i don't i don't see i don't know what i saw you know something flew around at high speeds or it's like i look at all the details and when it doesn't look real my brain checks me out and says nope this isn't real
1: yeah like and, there's nothing there's nothing to make you care about what you're seeing you know and that's like that's part of the problem with beauty and the beast is is in the original, like I remember watching the ballroom scene with with Belle and and the Beast dancing, and like sitting there watching it and going like, "Oh wow, I'm seeing these two characters come together, and I'm seeing her see through the gruff uh, facade of his of his Beast and seeing the man within, and like seeing him like try to move gracefully like an actual real person." Um, whereas in this, when they dance, I'm just kind of like, meh. it's." You know, you had an actress there dancing with, you know, a person in a motion capture suit, walking around on stilts, and then you come a CGI character that I don't feel like is really there, so I don't care. Like, I don't, I don't see and, her seeing into the humanity of this character. It's just like in Power Rangers, when they sit there and they jump across the cliff, and I never at once feel like, okay, number one, like, that's not really them jumping, so I don't have to worry about it. Number two, I don't feel like they're not going to make the jump. And even when Billy, like, doesn't make the jump and then falls off, I knew exactly what was going to happen. It's like he's either hanging off the edge of the cliff or he's down at the bottom, and he's like, hey, I'm fine. Like, I just, I don't care. It's like, (laughs) that's where you fail as filmmakers. It's like, make
0: me fucking care. Like, give me something to where I watch it, and I'm just like, oh, my God, whoa. Well, I'm kind of getting a little technical right now, and you're talking about something else. But uh, just my point that I wanted to finish real quick was that in the physical model error. The thing that made it work for me well no the 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 complaint that you always hear is people say if you would have seen it in high definition then you you wouldn't have thought it was real you know it looked like a, a soap box I was standing on or it didn't it wasn't well painted it didn't look good, but I think that when you are really making the effects, you have the ability to kind of put that part of the footage out of focus a little bit, and I find that effects movies they always put all the effects into super sharp focus so it's like they stick out it's like they don't they don't move in time the same way that everything else moves. Like they don't come in and out of focus or that's how my eye perceives it. Do you, do you see it kind of that way? Like it's always so sharp, all the effects.
1: Well, yeah, they do that. And then they also like move things around like so fast that you like, everything starts to become blurry and that's just awful to sit there and watch. Um, That actually happened. And I don't know if this is the fault of the projectionist at the theater I saw beauty and the beast at, or if this is literally like how they made the movie, mm-hmm. but there were a couple of shots in Beauty and the Beast where I got really dizzy uh, because of the way the camera was moving, and oh, then it was really? all CGI, so like everything was really blurry, and I was like, "Oh, I need to like <laughs> close my eyes, put my head down, or something." <laughs> but but yeah, like that's yeah, I think, it, yeah. it's a very it's a very that's simple a sign principle. Deeper, uh, like problems. Like let's take for example, if if you have somebody wearing like a mascot's costume. Um, you know if you can see their eyes behind the mask that they're wearing you lose the whole um sense of the character that they're portraying and so that that kind of becomes disappointing because then you're just like it throws off the whole facade like i remember like years ago there was uh, somebody who had made their own um optimus prime costume like they basically like took cardboard they cut it into pieces they painted it. It was, it was Optimus Prime for the original Hasbro uh, cartoon series. And it looked awesome. Right. And so I got a picture with this person, but uh, when they took the picture, the flash was on. So when you looked at the picture, you could actually see the eyes of the person inside the mask. And it made it look much less impressive because then you're just like, oh, that's just a person wearing a costume. <laughs> you know, like, you know damn well looking at the picture, I wasn't standing next to an actual robot in disguise, you know, that had transformed. Right. Like, it's somebody wearing a costume, but it's for the fact that you can see through the costume, you know, that it, it, it becomes less impressive. And that's what happens with a lot of these movies. And, and I don't know if it's just because the technology is not there or the effort isn't there or there's not enough money to put the effort there or to get the right technology. But when you got these goddamn movies and you can just, like, see them and you can see the seams, you can see the person behind, you know, you can see the green screen behind everything – That's where they just suck. Like, that's the issue that the prequels had is like nothing felt real. Like there didn't feel like there's any consequences. Everything felt fake. And you're just like, I don't give a shit about this. But like you said, with the originals, it's like we're going to have this to enhance the film, you know, but we're not going to rely on it like a crutch. We're just going to use it as these these little bits and pieces to kind of like glue these scenes together and make everything work.
0: Right, because cause they were actively looking at, okay, what looks real and what doesn't look real. And they, as filmmakers, were tweaking it. But now you have these effects houses that are trying to go for like the lowest quote, and they're trying to negotiate like how many times are you going to send me back and make me keep working on it and keep working on it. Because the people who are working on it don't have a sense of what reality looks like. I, I don't know. like I, I don't know exactly what the problem is, but like the filmmaker being able to look at it and judge for himself, like, does this match, yes or no, and it's his assets on the line. If it doesn't match, he's going to be able to figure it out. And some guy that's just coming in and earning a paycheck, and they'll just switch out for somebody else randomly. You know, he's not going to have the same type of motivation to make it look real. So there's there's a disconnect with the filmmaking, with with CGI effects. It's it's a it's got to go. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks. And it's b- ballooning the budget of every movie too. Well, him. and again, it's it's it's, it's, it's like I said
1: before. When we're having our discussion about Logan, it's like. You know, the problem with X-Men Apocalypse, the reason why Logan, to me, was such a better film than X-Men Apocalypse, as many flaws as that movie had, was because it was a movie that wasn't all about the spectacle. It was a movie that was about the characters, and it was about the story. And it just wasn't until they got to the third act that it became more about, like, oh, well, we got to have this action scene. Um but, but it wasn't like, you know, something like X-Men Apocalypse right. where it's just like, I don't believe any of this. I don't care about any of this. Like, I know what's going to happen. It's pointless for me to sit here and watch it. Like, you're wasting my time, you know. You're, you're, you're exploiting me to get a right. few dollars when you don't even give a shit about the product that you're making. And that's ultimately the problem is, like, it's this cynical cash grab. Like, they don't give a shit about the product that they're making. And that's why, like, when there is something to where they do give a shit about the product that they're making... It's like, okay, yes, this is nice. It's, I mean, you could sit there and have a movie that tells a story that you've, you've you've seen something similar before. But if you do it in a way that feels like you gave a shit enough to put in a good effort and create a good product, it's like, all right, great. I, I can enjoy this. I want to watch a movie. Like,
0: give me something that I want to watch. And I, I think there's also something to this. I, I have an idea. Tell me what you think about this theory. That there are so many people that watch a movie like us to do some kind of review on some kind of Internet Platform that we could almost be like holding the these bad movies up by going to see them and like paying for them. It's like maybe it's just critics. Like everyone's a critic. Like with Facebook, literally everyone is a critic. You know, how many people? I think there's a lot more people that are are, are cynical
1: and you know are are willing to like they they have. There's a lot more platforms to give your opinion on something, but again, I, I don't think a lot of movie studios really either give a shit about that or. You know, that it changes the way that they approach things because you keep getting the same crap over and over. And it's only when you get stuff like a movie like Deadpool comes out and makes a ton of movie money because they, they really tried to do something different. And it was a breath of fresh air and it was entertaining. Um, you know, that movie studios like sit up and take notice and go like, oh, oh, that's what works. Because uh, most of the most of the people doing these jobs, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. They really don't know what the fuck they're doing. And that's the problem. They don't know what the fuck they're doing, and they don't care enough to try and learn how to do it right. All right, they learn the wrong lessons from what's working. Yeah, it's it's a hugely. I mean, again, like to anybody that doesn't know, and I imagine most people listening to us probably are, are somewhat aware. But to anybody that doesn't know, it's a hugely collaborative process, and you have to get a lot of people that are either on the same page or coming up with with new and interesting ideas. That are presenting it to people that are open to accepting these new and interesting ideas and really trying to do something with them and giving, giving people something that you, you have to have this trust in your audience to say, like, look, like I know what they're expecting, but let me give you this. And if you don't like it, fair enough. But it's it's almost never that. It's just usually like, I'm just going to give you what you expect. And then you'll, you'll leave feeling like you're satisfied, but in a week's time, you won't even remember what you just watched.
0: Well, you know, there's probably a lot of reasons why a lot of things happen, and they're probably complicated. Uh, but, okay, so ultimately for me, Beauty and the Beast, they took a movie that was an A+, and they made a B-plus movie out of it. I really enjoyed seeing it. I literally cried with happiness and, like, nostalgia. And I, it was like, I really was 12 years old again. It, I really was. You know, it really takes you back you know, it's it's not just being able to watch it on your home video either. It's like going to the theater and seeing an old movie that you like would be nice, but because the market's not set up to show you old movies, they, they can justify remaking movies that are so similar. And, you know, I think you could have a remake trend that goes into overdrive right now if we're if we don't make a different decision about these movies. I think we should make more original movies, less big-budget movies. And give some smaller movies like a chance.
1: I don't know. I don't I don't have a problem with Disney like taking a crack at seeing if they can update some of their animated films with live action and, and to really do something. I just think they need to they need to see what, what didn't exactly work with Beauty and the Beast and like say like, well, you know, um it was still well received, but let let's see if we can find ways to improve it. Because I think there is a lot of magic in like right. taking something that you you there was a lot of magic in creating that original animated piece and saying like all right let's 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 put real people behind the same magic and see what happens and to do more things like what they did with LeFou. like i, I think if they if they managed to take um the little mermaid and say like we're going to try and find a way to take the characters from that and like you know bring them all to life um in live action and and see how that works i mean They they could do something with that, but we'll we'll have to see. I I don't have any problem with what they're doing right now. Like if they keep doing this and they do all of them, Snow White. I mean, shit. If they did something with Bambi, that might be really interesting, depending on how they go about it. But if you're just if you're just going to sit there and like rely on CGI as a crutch rather than kind of using it to kind of bedazzle something that's already good on its own then, yeah, you're going to end up with something that kind of leaves people like me feeling disappointed.
0: Yeah, and I think that this is on the heels of Jungle Book, which I saw and I really liked. And I think that Jungle Book, the animated movie, was kind of... It had a weak spot in it, and that was, like, the story. And the strong point was the songs and all the characters. And I think they carefully chose which songs they want to do, how close they want it to be, like, covers. They made some wrong choices, but they also made some great choices... And ultimately I think Jungle Book Live Action was a little bit of a better movie than the cartoon, but the cartoon's still the classic because it's older and because it's original. You know, so like that you're never gonna take that away from that other movie. The best you can hope for Yeah, you can't you can't
1: exactly recreate nostalgia. You can you can, you know, you can kind of like tap into it and you can reference it, but nostalgia exists out of something like it's like anytime someone says oh this is an instant classic and it's like it's not an like you can't have an instant classic it's like an authentic replica it's like it's an oxymoron like something becomes a classic because it exists and it you know influences things over a long enough period of time that it makes it classic you know not just it comes out and everybody really likes it and that's not what a classic is That, that means that it's well received there's right. a huge difference between the two right and i think that's part of the reason why we are where we are with with the state of entertainment is a lot of people don't get that they think it's just you have to sit there and hit a five run home run and that's how you get to instant classic and it's like no you just have to do something that's good it wins enough people love it that over time it influences other things like toy story is a classic because of the way that it influenced so many other films after it it wasn't an instant classic
0: it just influenced a lot of things after that, and that's how it became a classic. Right. And and they made... Uh, remember, they made multiple uh, animated movies that people totally didn't like or totally forgot about in that early era as well. And But you remember Toy Story, because it was, it was like you were using the CGI to the benefit of the movie. Because it looks plasticky and fake, you make toys. So you use the disadvantage of CGI... And I think that's that's where you that's where you lose CGI. Like if it's not shiny plastic, it, you're not really convincing people, you know, across the board. But I don't know a ton about special effects. I just know that when I see them, they annoy me. And you're, they're supposed to be invisible. That's kind of the whole idea, is that you're supposed to see reality. Well, not I mean, special again, effects. special special effects is is the bow that ties
1: it all together. Like, you know, I mean, if, if somebody gives you a present that is like it's it's elegantly wrapped but when you open it up inside it's a it's a dog turd like you're not going to sit there and think about like oh my god like that was one of the best gifts i ever received because it was so elegantly wrapped you're going to be like man someone gave me a piece of shit like someone like thought i should be excited to get this piece of shit <laughs> like you can't dress up a turd a turd is a turd like yeah but if somebody sits there and like elegantly wraps something that you actually do want or even better something that you didn't know you wanted and you get it and you're like what is this and then you discover it like that journey of like learning what something is and then you'll think about like the moment that you got it and like what that package looked like and how beautiful it was and how surprised you were when you opened it and you're like I didn't know what this was inside, but over time, like I learned and like, it's one of the best gifts I've ever received. Like then that's how it all works. So I I think, I think more people when, when it comes to making entertainment, like they need to think about it in those terms of saying like, let's try to have something that's good that, you know, people, maybe they don't know they want, but, but maybe in, in time, like they'll, they'll discover what they love about it and then we'll do a good job of, of dressing it up really well and making everything you know come together. But I think that's going to do it for me. I, I, don't, I think I'm pretty <laughs> talked out on all of this. I can't, I'm starting to repeat what I'm saying. Yeah. So. All right,
0: all right. So let's, uh, let's end it here. This has been Sequelitis. I'm Matt. And I'm Manny. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Yeah,
1: if you want to reach out to us, uh, be sure to hit us at, uh, you can email us, SequelitisPodcast.gmail.com. And we've got a Facebook page, Facebook.com Sequelitis, and also Instagram, Twitter. Uh, Twitter is at Sequelitis, uh, and Instagram is SequelitisPod. All right. So find us there, hit us up, send us hate mail, death threats, whatever you want to do. All
0: right, sounds good. <laughs> Bye.